We um, are trying to get as many books out in the world, mainly because we really truly see how Bitcoin has changed our life and our thought process and our thinking. And um, really, like personally for me, like my outlook on life has changed a lot with finding Bitcoin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Why Bitcoin Podcast, the podcast where we question everything, but mainly, why Bitcoin? I'm your host. My name is Jeff, joined here tonight by my um, wonderful co-host, Doug. Doug, how are uh, you doing tonight? I'm I'm hurt, actually. I burned myself making dinner, so there. <laughs> You're supposed to be a professional. I know, but I was an idiot, and... I had two cast iron pans going and I grabbed one of the <laughs> handles while I was trying to move the other one. So I have a massive, massive set of blisters on my thumb and middle finger. So I, I did that yesterday. Uh, what's today? Tuesday. I did that on Sunday. I was making a roast and then I took it out and then I went to pick it up and I forgot that it was in the yeah. oven and I burned my I hand know. too. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Because you use it. So like sometimes the handle's not hot and sometimes it is. You just kind of forget. i was just thinking about a lot of other stuff i was a little preoccupied as it were so okay you know, well, anyways it's hard to make uh, in a cat iron pan so i really uh you know what's that <laughs> i said banana bread is hard to make in a cast iron pan. <laughs> <laughs> so. that's right we're yeah. today on the show joined by the wonderful authors of oh geez 99 oh. signs you are you might, you, might be be. Big, you might be a Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, Chris and Frida, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, we are doing good. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to back. be back. So excited awesome. to chat with you guys. This is going to be fun. Let's do this. Um, if this is your first time listening, uh, you can find all our previous episodes on whybitcoinpodcast.com or search for us on Fountain. Just search why. Bitcoin with a question mark and you'll find us. Uh, anything you hear here is not financial advice. We're just four people talking. Do your own research. Buy as much Bitcoin as you can before the end of the world. All right, Chris and Frida, have either of you ever burned your hand on a cast iron pan? Let's just let's carry on with this. I'm curious. Oh, yes. And are you are you cast iron maxis or oh, stainless yeah, you guys steel maxis? Stainless steel maxis. No, no, no. We are definitely cast iron maxis. You know, it was yeah. hilarious when that whole cast iron pan thing came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and yes, yes, I have burned myself several times on cast iron pans, but I think Chris is actually the better uh, handler of the pants. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cast iron pan maximalist, actually. I uh, I will burn my house down if I use the barbecue, but give me a cast iron pan and I can cook just about anything. Yep. There you there you go. It's just so versatile, man. It's, it was one right. of the it can go on top of the stove or it can go in the stove. I mean, what, what more do you want? Well, you know what? You know what's actually great is like when I'm working on job sites, we just have random heaters and shit when we're outside. Oh, yeah. Again, you guys don't know. It gets cold where I'm at. So we'll have like these heaters. And yeah, we just bring a cast iron pan, throw it on the fire and you can cook up a warm lunch. It's awesome. So warm food when it's cold is good. And cast iron makes that easy peasy and like it gets dirty nobody cares you know you just clean it up a little bit clean it up the next time you use it okay th let's not talk about too much about cast iron pans but yeah i get, I get excited <laughs> i get excited okay i want to uh i guess that's heartwarming cast iron 
warms my heart. Let's just, let's just open with this. Yesterday was a special day for everyone. Uh, it's a time when you get together with your kids and you get to have a little bit of fun. Of course, we all know we're talking about the day, uh, white paper day, where we all sit down and talk and read the white paper with our children, right? Did you guys... I guess I'll ask Chris and Frida first, and then Doug. I'm curious: uh, have either have has anybody here shared the white paper with your children yet? Our children are still a little bit too small. You know, they are two and five. Okay. So we try to convey the concept of scarcity, you know, to our five-year-old. You know, with, <laughs> you know, candy being the perfect concept of that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but no, we have not in, in detail sat down with the white paper and uh, brought him through that. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still going over it, you know, reading it again and again, trying to understand it all myself because um, there's just so much good stuff uh, in there. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess the biggest part about the, or the best part about the white coin or the, about the white paper is Bitcoin. Uh, and that we talk about with our kids all the time. Right so. on, right on. Did you, did you reread it yesterday? No, I didn't. Actually, I got oh, come on. I got into a back and forth with another Bitcoiner about how he was given a bunch of like Skittles and Starbursts away in Ziploc bags with a copy of the white paper to, in it. And, like, <laughs> it's like great, food and freedom. You know, it's the perfect combination. <laughs> I, mean, I actually I checked it out, and it turns out there's no seed oils in uh, Halloween candy, so you're good. Oh. They just don't exist. Yeah, if you, if you if you look at the fine print, it says right right on the back, no seed oils were used in the creation of this halloween candy Excellent. so i've been going i've been going going deep into my <laughs> the pounds are just falling right off i can see it's, it it's all carnivore candy man it's fine doug have you have you shown the white paper to your kids yeah your kids are a bit older no, i'm kind of curious no why no you know because i don't i i think it's great but i don't find it necessary like i read it it's it's fine i'm sorry i just don't i, I know that's just to be a, a bad bitcoiner you know what you it know? is though? Okay, this care. is what this is why I bring it up. And sorry, Chris and Frida, sometimes me and Doug get in arguments and we just kind of have to sit through that for a second. Doug, every year you read the um oh, what's the word? The declar not the Declaration of Independence, Declaration the other one. Declaration of right? Independence, yes. Okay, it is that one. You read that to your kids every year yeah. on the is that July fourth? Yeah. Yes. So why yes. why do you choose to read that every year? Because but... half of the white well, the Bitcoin white paper is math that I don't even understand. You know it's, what? It's jargon. It's I don't. It, it's it's fine. It again. This is the difference between thinking that Bitcoin is some sort of spiritual thing and it's just a tool. Like I'm not going to read how hammers are made to my children, but I will read them to them important things like where freedom comes from or you know how freedom is enshrined in our documentation and that sort of stuff like that's all I, in the I white just, paper man but, but again that's just a, that's just a tool for freedom you know i just i okay. don't know people can disagree with me that's okay i don't i don't mind but don't but you again, think don't you think the declaration ahead. of independence would just be a tool for freedom then too like freedom is just a concept and the declaration is just explaining what it is yeah but it's actually about the creation of a, of a nation and what we went through and and the usurpations of the king that made this country necessary in the eyes of those that founded it and it's fine the bitcoin i have no problem with the bitcoin white paper but i don't i don't i just don't observe it as a <coughs> uh i don't know like i said it's not a spiritual thing for me it's just okay a, okay you know, so but so then it doesn't even have to be spiritual it could just be like here, let me, let me ask this question to our guests at the same time. I think of, like, I heard somebody today describe Bitcoin. I think it was John Vallis's 
podcast, describe Bitcoin as a a country, as it were. It's like, I don't want to be part of the United States. I don't want to be a citizen of China or whatever the largest emerging um, economic place is. I just want to be a part of the Bitcoin economy. So in that sense, Bitcoin, the Bitcoin white paper is a declaration of a new country that you choose to or well, see, to this, not be see, a part again, of. This is what Bitcoiners tend to do. And again, Frida, Chris, he's a globalist. He's obviously we're, a globalist. Okay, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get to the book, I promise you. And also, we need to talk about the other book, too, so people re- to have their memories refreshed, Jeff. But oh, right. this, is, this is part of my issue is that people want to, like, assign some bitcoin is good it's very good it's the best money that we've ever seen i get it but there are a lot more important things beyond that like understand bitcoin get to it great then move on with the rest of your life that's where i'm at in my life right now it's like i got bitcoin i understand what it is i don't need to spiritualize it every day i just do what i do and i got other things to go on you know like there's there's more to it than 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 this, I guess. I don't know. Does that make me not a maxi anymore? Do I do I lose my street cred? I don't know. But no, you, you don't. You don't. Okay. So let me ask Chris and, and Frida this question: Where where do you guys stand on the idea of uh, being a Bitcoiner? Would make you actually? Let me simplify the question. Let me simplify it. You guys wrote a book called Ninety Nine Signs You Might Be a, Ma- a Bitcoin Maximalist. So I'd love for you to define for me in your terms what a Bitcoin maximalist is. Uh, Frida, you didn't see this, but she just pointed at me. Uh, <laughs> obviously deferring me. To oh. <laughs> He's so eloquent. He's so eloquent with his words explaining this, you know, because really Bitcoin maxis are all over the place. And what we found in our research was it was just pretty ridiculous to like nail it down. That's why we had to make it 99. You know, mm-hmm. we were like, we're just going to put this out in the world and it's going to be like 10 things that like not true it was going to be a hundred but a hundred pages in a book didn't come out even so we had to drop one sign and make it 99 signs Ooh, deep cut can you tell us what the the hundredth one was that you cut or did you have a whole bunch and you just kind of narrowed it down you know the thing about bitcoin maximalism is it's a it's it's a growing sort of organic um community and experience so what, what I witnessed over countless hours of reading all the tweets that came around my uh, Twitter stream uh, day after day after month after month was there were certain threads of similarities where people from different walks and lives were talking about the same thing in the same way, but they were using different words. So I, I, I felt like Bitcoin maximalism is almost it's, it's impossible to define in uh you know a straightforward sort of simplistic you know paragraph here's what a bitcoin maxi is because we all come from different walks of life we're all different ages we all have different experiences and we all want something different out of bitcoin but whatever that thing we want out of bitcoin we have determined through our education of always studying bitcoin and constantly get you know second guessing ourselves like why are we in this thing? Like, why is this really great? You know, why do we keep reading all these books? Why are we so hungry for knowledge about Bitcoin and self-sovereignty and, and money and freedom and freedom of choice and, and all this stuff? And, uh, you know, it's that, that, that answer is different for everybody. So you can't really explain it as, you know, what's a Bitcoin maximalist? You know, a Bitcoin maximalist is really anybody who thinks that 
Bitcoin is going to dominate all currencies and everything else is going to zero against it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. It's hard to define if you if you have to do it in one sentence. I guess that would be a good way to do it. I mean, we're all Bitcoiners constantly getting in arguments with other Bitcoiners about what constitutes a Bitcoin or a Bitcoin maximalist. Doug saying, oh, do I lose street credit? It's like, no, the whole idea is if if you like Bitcoin and you consider yourself a maximalist, then you are, I think. And then if somebody says you're not, well, you can just tell them, this is why I believe I am. And that's it, right? Like no nobody gets to tell you whether you are or not. Nobody has that judgment. You just get to judge for yourself. And you know it when it happens, right? When, when you become a Bitcoin maximalist, you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. But you won't be able to explain that reasoning to anybody else except for yourself in your own head, I think. So to, to write a book about 99 signs, you might be one is really beautiful. And I, I like to go through it. I'd like to go through a, a few. Of the, I went through, I was trying to find the ones that related to me. And it turned out that I found, uh, <laughs> I found only a few that didn't relate to me. So I picked, I picked out the numbers <laughs> that didn't relate and uh, maybe, maybe I'll jump into a few of those. Um, yeah, that's usually- that's usually the feedback that we, that we get, you know, it's, it's fun. Like we had so much fun creating this cause it was like, you know, we did these little drawings with it that are just kind of, you know, funny to like put to the world words. And, uh, it, it was, um, you know, as we're creating it, you know, we're running it by, you know, some neighbors of ours that might not be into Bitcoin and we're running it by some, you know, friends that are into Bitcoin and just, you know, having like the rough drafts and having people go through it was just, a really cool experience because you know our neighbors that might not be in, into bitcoin actually asked us some questions about it and you know like oh i didn't know how it worked like that you know and and it, we just got into some good conversations there and then on the other hand like our bitcoin friends they like go through it and they just smirk with like every page because you know they can identify you know and so yeah you'll see we saw some people go through it kind of just like read each one and then just move through the pages and what we found was is because each page only has so many words on it and there's a picture with every page that it made it very easy for people to just continue going to the next page on it. But for the Bitcoiners who were reading it, oh my God, it's almost like they wanted to like grab a highlighter out of their pocket and they spent like time on every single page, like really trying to nitpick the the idea and the concept behind each page yeah <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly what i did i was like hmm, this yeah. one i don't know if this yeah. one makes the cut or not i'm like judging you guys as you're as you're writing it i'm like hmm, i can see why they would add this but i don't know about this one also yeah my, my wife was flipping through it and she was just cackling she's she's not fully orange pilled but i've kind of come to the terms that she doesn't need to be i mean I got yeah. it covered. So she's going through it and she's just laughing. She's like, yeah, this is you. This is you. You've done this. You've definitely done this. <laughs> and she's just laughing. I'm like, oh, I, have I really done that? She's like, you do this all the time, all the time. <laughs> so I guess I guess I do things without even recognizing it, which is, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or a bad thing. But, but isn't that so cool? Like this book kind of brings us Bitcoiners together, even though we're from all over the world. We're having similar situations and conversations with the people in our communities and the people that we love. And it's like, no matter where you're from, like there are pages in this book where you'd be like, oh, that's spot on me. And I love it that, you know, you're just like uh, saying that about your wife, you know, like just the, the the people sitting kind of on the edge of it that might not have like the full orange pill yet. They just like, I mean, this like, it's like a tool for them to actually go and point fingers, you know? 
and to like feel a little bit more involved and and honestly like i said in, in our like friends um circle here that people actually have asked more questions i wouldn't say that we have successfully orange pilled you know people off this particular book but uh we have definitely gotten closer with some so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just uh it, it's not so well I, I guess i could go both ways it i think when you're becoming a bitcoin maximalist when you're in that that transition phase as it were when you're doing the studying and you think all the bitcoin maxis are just a bunch of assholes that do this stuff yeah and and then you start reading and you're like yeah that, that guy does do that that guy does do that and then all of a sudden you start doing it and you feel that change come so it it, it could be a good midway book where you know bitcoiners are extremely skeptical for the most part i've noticed so anybody yeah. that that would read certain signs would be like oh well i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that like i, I have one friend that uh i was i was orange pilling and he's like dude you're a complete zealot what the hell is wrong with you i don't understand why you're so crazy about this thing and then he messaged me a couple months later and he, he was saying that he was I think he used the word evangelizing at his work. So I was like, yeah, man, it, it happens. I get it. So, so this, this book, yeah, this book is great for, for everyone. And I'm kind of curious. I mean, I'm going to have some friends over that don't understand Bitcoin at all. And I, yeah, I'd really like to see how they take to it. But uh, I want to ask you guys, are you open with uh, me straight saying some of, some of the, uh, the lines in the yeah. book? Cause I know that you didn't want to, you don't want to give away too much of the content but are, are oh, we open to, to discussing yeah, a few yeah. pages you know the bitcoin community is a is one of education so right what we're hoping happens is people learn more about you know kind of taking away that um that stigma of a bitcoin maximalist and making it a little bit more fun and interesting and just like this is just how us bitcoin teachers and educators like just handle ourselves in our everyday lives and call it a Bitcoin maximalist or, or whatever, but this is this is what it is. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll open with this one. And Doug, if you have any that uh, stood out to you, I'd love to know which one stood out to you. But this is just an example of me overthinking probably. So sign, <laughs> sign number six in the book. Let's discuss this. You say, you believe Bitcoin has a very strong chance of becoming the world reserve asset one day. And I read that a couple times and I'm like, no, man, this is this is wrong. I don't believe Bitcoin has a very strong chance of becoming the world reserve asset one day. I know it will. I, <laughs> I know this for sure. I, I'm completely convinced that there is no other option. So maybe <laughs> that, that, that was my first critique of your book is, is saying you believe that. But then again, I have to take a step back and say I'm a psychopath. So I, I suppose maybe I just believe that. But but once you understand Bitcoin, it, it seems like it's it's inevitable right so i feel like i know that for sure maybe i don't know that for sure but that, that was my first yeah. example of one that i, didn't I guess know. it depends on what your definition of believe versus no is yeah um but you know having been on your guys's show once before i know you come at us with the hardest with hard-hitting questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 we're the jerry springers of bitcoin over here. Sure. That's right. i should have expected this from you jeff <laughs> Shut up. I actually I do have some hard hitting questions. Okay, I do have I do have a couple. I do have a couple. Um, let, let me open one more and then well, let me out. ask you a question, Jeff. Did you put that to, for sign number six? Did you put that down as a yes or a no? Like, did you actually did you actually uh, uh, tally up your score? What was your score? 
Well, that's what I was doing. So I was going through checking yes or no, and then yeah, my so, did I. so uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you eight, nine, ten. Before. Oh, I did good, no such good show prep. Good job. There's ten. <laughs> there are ten signs that I disagreed with. So I am eighty nine percent Bitcoin maximalist. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's quite a few. Let let me rip open one more here. I'll, I'll just choose one. Uh, I have them all written down. But if you, if, if you know something is going to happen, don't you also believe it? I suppose that's true. You believe and you know, but, oh man, you could get really spiritual with that question. Or you could talk about Santa Claus as well. If my kid believes in Santa. He knows Santa's coming on December 25th. But, uh, you know, I guess he, I mean, Santa will come. You know so he, he does cool. know that. But he believes it, right? So I suppose you really do have to figure out what. How do you define the difference between believe and know? Okay, I'll open that to the floor. <laughs> what do you guys think? Am I am I thinking too deeply about this? Am I wrong here? Well, first let me just say, well, we know one person whose kid doesn't believe in Santa anymore, and that's Cedric's because that's right. That. <laughs> At five years old. At five years oh, old. That's brutal. <laughs> so that that that's some tough love right there absolutely i'll uh okay i'll, I'll say one more sign that's what that's what brings in the whole like faith argument into bitcoin and like the whole religious sort of thing you know it's the idea of you trying to build belief and faith and kind of you know our educators are they like apostles and they're going out into the world and they're educating everybody about bitcoin um and then people are the adoption is kind of like coming into the spirituality of bitcoin i mean there's there are all sorts of different ways that you can go see and i guess i kind of look at it a little differently in the sense that i i i'm much more of a of a fossian if we're gonna start you know d divvying up our different um different types of apostles but like I, I really do think it's just about the math right at a certain point and and there there isn't it isn't a guessing game when the rest of the world is burning itself down it's like okay well where else are you gonna go you know, mm -hmm. so for me, it's it's kind of it's not so much a belief in the in the sense of like a spiritual belief, because that that is unknowable. That's why it's belief and not fact. Right. And I'm OK with that. It's just, you know, I think that Bitcoin is a fact. It exists and it has certain properties that are facts and those exist. And when you take those properties into account, especially against the backdrop of fiat, Bitcoin is inevitable. So we're probably beating sign number six to death on this one. But, uh... <laughs> no, I like that. I like I like that theory. Also, to anybody new to Bitcoin, a Fossian, what a great term. That would mean you're a follower of Greg Foss. I am a follower of Foss, yes. Okay. <laughs> I am also a Fossian then. There you go. I don't See. know. No, I, I think I got to find who I would be and eat. I, I don't know, man. I think I go deeper than that. I like Foss, but I feel like there's still some some holes missing there he's not he's not fully in yet but i could see he, he i see you in a like different way i can understand it it's absolutely math. i get it it's math fine done as far as i have to go i like it that, you know what i love most about foss other than his commentary uh and early morning uh rants that he goes on which are phenomenal is that when i dm him he responds <laughs> yeah foss is great yeah he's yeah. a good guy he's a good guy he, He's so, funny. He's quick. I, he's, I wish uh, he'd stop. I wish he'd stop trading. That's irritating to me. But you know, all of our profits cannot be perfect men. That's just not the way profits work. So it's okay. And that's that's been his gig for his whole life. You know, that's what he I know, does. I know. So 
that I mean, I guess that's another conversation is what's going to happen to all those people when trading isn't. See, guys like Fosto, make sense he's anymore. smart enough. He'll figure it out. He'll transition into something. I'm not Absolutely. worried about him. Yeah. So. Okay. Second one that I disagree with. And then, yeah, Doug, let me know if you have one after this. You So sign 22, you say, <clears throat> you've ripped up cash to prove the point that it holds no value. Yeah, I'm this one, on this one. It's a totally I one right there. I actually haven't done this. And he, yeah, you're referring to Max Geyser, who I also actually wanted to ask you about. Um, so maybe we can do both of those. I've never ripped up cash. I've never, I've actually, <laughs> I've found coins in my couch and taken them to the bank to get like a couple thousand sats. So I think maybe the idea of ripping up fiat currency and you know the, another friend of the show uh madex he does art and he started doing artwork on dollar bills which is cool uh just defacing the currency um or yeah like you said ripping it up but i still see <laughs> see i stand in the in the point where i don't have enough bitcoin yet so if i find any any old style fiat that uh is the current you know, money going around my country. If I find any that I don't need, rather than ripping it up, I, I, I just take it to the bank and I turn it into Bitcoin. And I, I wonder if there'll be, I mean, there's going to be a point where it happens. You know, you look at all the other hyperinflationary points in history where people started using the currency as whatever, like paper. They started using it as paper. They started throwing it around or whatever. You know, there's that... Uh, there's a picture that circulates on Twitter every once in a while of those guys and they have the money on a sign and it says a starving billionaire. So eventually the fiat money loses value altogether. But as of right now, I can still trade my Canadian dollars for, for Bitcoin. So until I can't do that, I'll still value that as much as I can get my sats worth for. So I don't feel like ripping up currency is a is Maybe. the greatest idea. Maybe it's a not yet for you, you know, mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. you just haven't come to that situation where like there was the desperation of having somebody in front of you to orange pill <laughs> and the last resort that you could go to just to make an impression, a long lasting one is, you know, take that bill and just right in front of their face. It lasts, right. It's a long, long lasting impression, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it did have an impact when, when uh, I mean, God, the media lost their minds when Kaiser did that at the, uh, at the uh, what was that, two years ago? at uh, He's done it a bunch Bitcoin of times conference. in history. Has yeah. he? Well, that's the one I it's saw. It's like his but thing, yeah. I feel like we should take a second and we should reiterate that these are not necessarily the no. uh, the the Gospels according no. to this, Chris and Frida, right? Like, this, yeah, is, this, this is, you guys this, got these yeah. ideas from things that you have seen throughout the Bitcoin community. Not all things are going to apply to every person. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody, you know, coming back and be like, yeah, Chris and Frieda, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're idiots. No, <laughs> calm down. We might be. You know I mean? but the idea behind the book. Well, I mean, was, it, look, if they're going to do that, have other reasons, not this show. Okay? Yeah, That's not yeah. what this show is doing. So, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's for, it's for bringing a little bit of like lightheartedness into the, yeah, you know, exactly. Into mm -hmm. the, the toxic Bitcoin max. <laughs> You know, like Absolutely. we saw a bunch of fights going Bitcoin on. Bitcoin maxis aren't toxic. What? But I'm just Come saying. On. I'm telling you. I see. I see. You know these fights going on, and, and and like honestly, when we when we when we started with the book, we were just like, man, yeah, we really need to lighten up this space. You know, people need to 
throw a little bit more humor at this. And so I think that's what we've yeah. been trying to do. And so, yeah, you're right. Like with, with the ripping up, you know, like it might've been better, like you're willing to rip up cash to prove the point that it was <laughs> You know, right. like, no, I think yeah, yeah. no, I, no, I like no you said, said it no, fine. Jeff you said it perfect. Fine. The, the, the example really you did. said, you're right. You're absolutely right with what you said. You said, I just haven't done it yet. Cause there'll be a time when it comes where I will do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll happen in my life. I'm hundred percent sure it will. So that's just a sign that I can't check off yet, but yep. I will check it off. Yeah. So you guys got me. Okay. So I'm that's now I'm 90. Jeff I'm not Nicole, 89. I'm 90 now. Or a loony, whatever you <laughs> I have tried destroying a loony. It's a trickier than than you'd think. So loony, okay. loony, they're all hard. They're all coin, right? Loonies. Yeah. So a loony is made out of uh, some metal, and then it's coated with a more scarce metal. And then a toonie is actually the exterior is part. I mean, it's probably like point one percent silver, and the interior is a uh, a different. You just Google it. What a toonie looks like. It's two different metals so there's silver on the outside yeah, and a, a gold or color on the middle okay i want to sorry i want to bring it back to max kaiser here for a second because he did something recently and i know that he played a major part in uh, chris and frida your your orange pilling and understanding bitcoin so i know that he at least somewhat means something to you in the space but recently he's come out to say that tether gold is a good idea if you're looking for gold on the blockchain and that just made me sick. So one, I'm curious if you if you've seen him say this, and two, how how do you feel about that? Like it, it bothers me that he would even. I don't even understand how he got to that conclusion. So yeah, just uh, your thoughts I, on that. I saw I, I saw the post. Um, I, I I was kind of reserving my judgment. I read through the thread, but he never kind of uh, backed his his claim up. I thought it was interesting that Corey Clipston kind of responded and was on the side of Max Kaiser, you know, basically saying that, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to mis misquote him. You can, you know, look it up yourself, but he was basically saying like, he didn't, he didn't really care. And, uh, if you can't buy Bitcoin, but you can get that, you know, it's a, it's a, the second best option kind of deal. Um, and I don't, I don't know yet. You know, I, it's the thing in Bitcoin is, never never have any heroes right because mm -hmm. at some point your your justification for bitcoin isn't going to match up with theirs and so their incentive you know it always comes down to we always talk about incentives you know we're always looking for like the shitcoiners incentives on why they're pitching this shitcoin over just buying bitcoin and it always comes down to you know the most basic human instinct of just like self-preservation and like self-worth. So it's 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 strange. I'm I'm reserving judgment just yet until I hear him speak more about it because I'm sure uh, people who are closer than him that are higher up the the Bitcoin food chain than us are are going to ask for his uh, you know justification for that. And so I'm kind of reserving it because him being down in El Salvador and, and having the new Max and Stacy show and really talking about the benefits of Bitcoin and, and, and how it's helping El Salvador. This is like the first sort of out of the norm thing that he's said. So I don't yeah. know. I, I wish I could be as, <laughs> what's the word? 
uh, thoughtful as you when it comes to that sort of thing. I've come to the point where I'm just like, ah, shitcoiner, block, delete. I don't need this on my feet anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's how I reacted. But it it, ang- it makes me, I think the emotion I was feeling was anger, maybe frustration in that he said, if his, yeah, he said something along the lines of, if you're unable to buy Bitcoin, and then that puts out into the universe the idea that if people see that, oh, some people can't buy Bitcoin, and that's just not true. Bitcoin is available to anybody, anywhere, anytime, any anytime you want. Bitcoin is permission, you know, all the buzzwords. I'm not going to roll over them, but anybody can buy Bitcoin. So just to even suggest the idea that there's some sort of person that can't buy Bitcoin is extremely irritating to me. And so that bothered me. And Max Kaiser, it, it, se- it seems so out of character for him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I should just withhold judgment as well, like you, and just I'm sure he'll nah. have an explanation. Or, nah. I mean, but you know, there there is the page in the book too where you know you you've killed all your heroes, and mm-hmm. you know it's like uh, uh, you know one of them is uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, who um at the beginning was a very big advocate of bitcoin and did you know many great things for the space and traveled all around the world on uh, a bitcoin only standard and lived out of his suitcase just uh teaching people about it and then he started teaching people about the benefits of ethereum and you just go wait what and you know, like, is he, was he good for Bitcoin? Yes. You know, is he a shit pointer now? You know, yes. <laughs> so, I think he's, I think he's started to have a, a coming around though, which is good. Andre specifically seems to have started coming around. Cause yeah, he started, started to saying, you know, it's going to be a multi-chain future or whatever. It's like, shut up, man. There's yeah. one, there's no multi-chain future. Anyways, I guess we could leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> so no, there's, I'm there's not two... done with it. I'm sorry. Okay. Hold yeah. On. What do you What do you think, Doug? Do we just no, throw so him in the fire you know, or what? Yeah, well, because here's the thing, right? If you look at that tweet, his is if you're looking at gold because you're prohibited from owning Bitcoin. Prohibited. Tether gold yeah. is the Tether gold is the best option. So what he's saying is, is don't buy physical property that you can actually take. Go ahead and take some sort of you know decentralized shitcoin mm. and buy that. Like yeah. I could, I could, I mean, as much as I dislike Peter Schiff because he's disingenuous and he probably actually owns a lot of Bitcoin and he just uses it to boost his business. It's just a, it's all, it's all, you know, uh, engagement farming with his whole Bitcoin is stupid thing. I mean, cause he literally takes Bitcoin for his gold. So it's sort of like, I, it, at least, at least he's trying to argue that gold is the superior form of money. Right. And it's, stu- they're awful. They're awful arguments, but like, how do you go from, from bitcoin the best money in the world to gold which has arguably been the second best money we've ever had as a as a you know as a as a race of people to tether coin to to tether what that what no no quarter on this guy i'm sorry and i agree with chris you know and i actually i quote tweeted him and i said i used that line from fight club and i was like on a long enough timeline survival rate for bitcoin influencers drops to zero like if you're an influencer in this space, yeah. Yeah. you are you are eventually going to shitcoin. Like that's it. And that's why I have said before, and I'll say again, if Jeff and I ever become quote unquote influencers, I'm quitting. I'm done. This this podcast will be over. He'll have to do his own podcast. Cause it's just it's just you get stupid. I don't know what happens. I don't know if it's the fame. I don't know if it's the money. I don't know what it is, but 
no heroes, man, because they all end up being stupid at the end. And I just, that's not how I want to go out. Because now this, you know what? If Max Kaiser actually does totally crash and burn like a Nick Carter, this is what we'll remember him for. Not for the tearing up of the money, not for the goofy, stupid ass, you know, panty shorts that he wears. We'll remember him for the stupid gold comment. That's what we'll get. Just like, what do we think of when we think of Nick Carter? My star will rise. Like that will be, that's, that's his epitaph on his, his Bitcoin career. And I don't want to go out like that. I think it's, I think that's pathetic. So that actually, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't, none of these people matter to Bitcoin, you know, TikTok next block. Bitcoin doesn't care who's talking about it. It just keeps doing what it's doing, you know, verifying value uh, <laughs> appear. that that's what it's there for. That's what it does. And, um, you know, Max Kaiser might have some influence or uh, any of these people who are influencers and then become not influencers. But at the end of the day, they all, you know, they're going to do them. And then you're going to do you and I'm going to do me. And, you know, we're all going to be rich together. <laughs> <laughs> that's true what a, fiat <laughs> ending that, what a fiat ending that was there that was very fiat ending okay well, let me ask you this question then guys because you know doug brought up a good point in that um there are bitcoin quote-unquote bitcoin influencers uh we've made it pretty clear and we've kind of discussed amongst ourselves we've we've realized that our target audience for this show specifically is small I mean, there's not a lot of Bitcoiners that just on the grander scale, if you think about it, we, we could make a crypto, quote unquote, crypto podcast and get way more viewership just because there's more crypto people. It's just a percentage game. So and we've kind of come to terms with I don't care. I'm going to talk about well, Bitcoin because I love Bitcoin. The fact that they, they make a new shitcoin every 13 seconds. So there's always something new to talk about. Right. So, well, that, yeah, that's I mean, there's always something new to talk about with, with Bitcoin, too. But shitcoins well, yeah, for some right, it but, just it just has a broader audience is what I'm saying. Right. So my question. Yeah, no, for, OK, so my question for Chris and Frida is you guys made a book about Bitcoin maximalism. Did you think about the fact that your potential the market that you can sell this book to is not large. Like, it, it, did, did you put that into account? Because it, even if, like, I don't know, I, I think about this a lot. It's like, even if Bitcoin goes mainstream, how many people are going to be, you know, these quote unquote Bitcoin maximalists? Bitcoin maximalism is a uh, phenomenon that exists now. And then in 10 years time, everybody will be a Bitcoiner. And the idea of being a Bitcoin maximalist would be like a funny thought. Like, of course we use Bitcoin. What, what the hell's wrong with you? What else would we use? So did you think about the, the idea that Bitcoin maximalists, the whole the group as a whole is small, tight knit? And how did you, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that's my question. Did you think, did you think about that at all? Yeah. I mean, we definitely, we definitely knew. Um, I think it's something where, you know, I mean, we started we started out with, you know, our book Bitcoin for Kiddos. And that was really, you know, pretty selfish of us to like say we want to, you know, get something into our kids hands to teach them about Bitcoin and have them interested and ask those questions about what is money and things like that. And then, you know, writing this book, it was it was again, it was like really the the Twitter influence, you know, and in our day to day life and looking at what was going on and just trying to light, lighten up the Twitter space a little bit. Um, now, uh, you know, like I, I always like draw a fine line to, you know, what we're trying to do with Bitcoin and teaching people and educating. 
and you know uh, falling back onto a total like fiat behavior of it all because obviously you know when you put out books um you know there's you know they're not free when we print them so you know we'd like to make our money back um but it is something that's it's, it's more like charity at this point right like we um are trying to get as many books out in the world mainly because we really truly see how bitcoin has changed our life and our thought process and our thinking and um really like personally for me like my outlook on life has changed a lot with finding bitcoin and so I think as much as we can like put out of just having material out and about for people to discover it, you know, and the reason why um, we haven't put these book out like on digital versions so far is really also because we like this idea of the old school people sitting and talking and interacting with each other. And we see that like in, you know, we see that in, around us every day that especially kids are starting to not interact as much as maybe we were used to in our childhood. And so, um, you know, even when it comes to like Bitcoin meetups and stuff like that, like when we bring like this book, the 99 signs, you might be a Bitcoin maximalist book into like a Bitcoin meetup. It's always a conversation starter, you know, and that's really what it's about. It's, uh, we don't really do it for the numbers. Let me put it that way. Right. And, and, and books, physical books are kind of a, uh, uh, they're kind of a like a like a self custody sort of experiment as well too, like if you have um, a book on Amazon or whatever, if the Amazon server goes down, you could lose your book. You know, there's that idea of uh, you know self sovereignty and, and ownership is nine tenths of the law, and you don't want to have somebody else custodying your your assets, you know, your your belongings, um, and so a physical book really kind of enforces that sort of practice, if you will. Especially- No, I love it. I love it. Especially if you think think about it, especially for kids, right? Like we dictate in this world today when the kids can watch a screen, when they go here, when they go there, blah, 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 blah. And so there's, um, you know, some households that have very few books today. Some may not have any anymore because the kid consumes on a tablet. And, you know, the tablet is dictated by the parents to that kid. And so it's definitely the idea of, you know, I love it. And it happens very, very rarely because we have a lot of books in our house. But once in a while, you know, my daughter and my son will come up and be like, can we read Bitcoin for kiddos? And I'm like, yes, yes, let's do it. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's so cool, like for them to like have their own choice over it at any moment of the day. And it's like, you know, even if it's late at night, there's like no, no taboos or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, and go back to your original question here about creating a book that has a, a seemingly such a small market. Um, uh, we, we, we totally agree. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that. Kind of the thing I say about it is this is going to be kind of like a, a cult following, if you will, something like, uh, I don't know, Rocky Horror Picture Show or, you know, Princess Bride or, whoa, whoa, office, whoa. or office Space whoa. where nobody really watches it up front. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Builds and grows. And the next thing you know, like everybody, everybody is familiar with it. It would be cool. You know, it would be cool to like look back. I, I do think sometimes like if in like 10 years from now, you look back at what we're doing now and like just like a little effort that we put in on like putting something like this out and you know, when our kids are then at the age of like 15 or so and like asking questions and like, you know, at least we have that a little bit, you know, to say like, hey, you know, we put something out into the world, like you're leaving your own legacy, you know, like who doesn't want that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with all that. I'm going to leave this. Yeah, I, I like that. Okay, I'm leaving a section here because I want to I want to ask a question that maybe we'll edit this part out because I'm kind of curious. And if you guys don't want to answer this question, that's fine. So I completely agree with your uh, theory of having a physical book. I think it's great to have in the home, to have that time to read it, to hold it. I, I agree with all of that theory. Um, but with the book, you guys specifically don't want it, don't want certain pages uploaded to Twitter and shared, which... I can understand you you want people to buy the book to see it to see what it's about. But I question that idea because I think of other authors in the space like Gigi, like Tomer that have both written uh multiple articles and then compiled them into a book and Gigi has all his shit all of his stuff online that you can just go read and Tomer has all of his articles online that you can go read, but they've compiled them into a book. And I own both of those books by them because uh, not only do I appreciate the work that they've done, I also liked having it in physical form. So it's not just that it's like, yeah, I can go read it for free online. No problem, but I want to have it so I can share it. So my question to you is like, why not just, open source all of the pages you've literally made a, a book of a hundred memes 99 memes basically i know that when you put the first one out you have one uh that you posted to to promote the book that it popped off right you probably got a couple thousand likes on it people love it you could do that with every page just do it every few days post it out and make people see it and they'd laugh they'd share it it'd get around and then you're gonna get more people saying oh this is a book i'll buy that for for my living room uh so mm -hmm. have you thought of the idea of just putting it all the all the pages online so people can see it and then directing them in order to buy the physical book and again uh yeah if, if you i mean i'm kind of curious on your thoughts there i guess yeah, 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 we have, we have. And I, and I, you know, you're a very respectful person for having read like our little uh, uh, brochure that we put in on top of the books when we ship them that says, you know, like, please don't take pictures of this and post it on social media. Um, we, we mainly, you know, had that language in for Bitcoin for kiddos, to be honest with you. Um, for this book, we are actually seeing the feedback of Twitter and we are looking more, we've even discussed putting a digital version out for this book. Um, it's yeah, we, we probably will do all that things. I, I think you're, you're, you're very accurate in, yeah. your, uh, in your question and uh, your reasoning on the benefits of doing it. And we've had that conversation and we're going to do that. But uh, you're, you're basically pointing to the fact that we haven't updated the language on our uh, packaging yeah. yet that we need to do. We need to do that. Because, yeah, I tell people, I'm always asking people, and you know that from when you got the book, I was like, hey, what's your favorite, what's your favorite page? You know, like post mm -hmm. it yeah um, you know talk to other people about it. yeah we, we don't have a problem with that yeah we actually oh, okay yeah, okay yeah. right on right on. I, I like that change of uh change of pace because yeah i was trying to be respectful i'm like if they don't want it online i'm not going to post it online <laughs> like, uh, i'll respect you guys you know i consider you friends in space so i'm not going to do that but i i think it would be way more beneficial to just i mean they're yeah they're just a bunch of memes bitcoiners yeah. are going to love this shit yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they should get out there and yeah, i think you Please post away whatever you feel like. You know, we, that's what we always ask for the favorite page and like, please post it. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Anybody listening, once you get this book, plagiarize <laughs> and post. Plagiarize and post. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Good answer, guys. I appreciate that. That's, that's really, that's, that's good to hear. That's interesting. So then 
I kind of, on a similar grounds, um, just the idea of, I don't know if this is the same thing or not, but it just kind of piqued my interest is the idea of, oh God, I'm losing the word now. What's the word? Intellectual, intellectual property. Are you guys believers of of that existing? Has your idea of it changed since becoming Bitcoiners or just uh, the theory in general of intellectual property? Where do, where do you stand on that? I'm kind of interested in your theory too, Doug, because I know we've talked about this a long time ago. I'm wondering if it's changed. But Chris and Frida, where do you stand on in intellectual yeah. property and its importance? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely... It's it's a tricky subject. I think it's you know it's old school based and a little bit fear based to not put everything out in the open. I think, you know, and just knowing from like successful book publishers, you know, everything is out in the open today. Um, and so really, um, you know, it it is nice knowing that like you know who the creators behind things are, and that's sometimes you know tough to understand on the internet anymore. Um, but I do believe that we are entering in this in this world where you know, it's, it's very like selfless almost like it's like you, you and no matter what you put out, like if, if your ego is attached to like having a name to it or whatever, you know, then, you know, I, what good does it really do? You know, why are you putting it out? Like question yourself. Um, and so I, I do believe that like really content at this point, you know, should be free um, and accessible to everybody, especially in the Bitcoin space. It is, you know, something where, you know, we we like we just said, you know, we, we do want to open it up more. And, you know, I, I do appreciate like people putting out free content, you know, for me to learn when, when I first came into the space. So um, that's why I still at least. Yeah, I kind of look at intellectual property in this space. You know, I have to kind of think about, okay, well, what's, what's my definition of intellectual property and what am I trying to accomplish with this particular piece of intellectual property? In these cases, they're educational books. So I think it's most important that the education gets out there and less important about, um, you know, who claims ownership of the page that inspired somebody to learn something that will ultimately benefit their life and those that, you know, in their family uh, for generations to come. So in that sense, you know, I think about if I created a meme that got put out there ambiguously and then got changed into a thousand different types of versions of itself, I mean, I would be super stoked about that. I wouldn't be like, these bastards, they stole my intellectual property. I'm going to crank right every one of these motherfuckers, you know? Like, just. Can we swear on this show, Dave? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Can we swear on this show? <laughs> but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about getting the word out about Bitcoin and the benefits of it and how it helps people. It's, it's not about claiming ownership. I mean, even Satoshi Nakamoto himself disappeared off the face of the planet and left his, his intellectual property available for the world. I mean, if he's going to do something like that with such a valuable asset, how can we really be so stingy about it? That's, that's so, that's so good to hear from you guys. I, man, that was my biggest question that I want to ask you because I was so curious about where you stood and uh, yeah, it, it's good to hear you say that you want to, to get the con the content as it were out just to, just to let people see it, enjoy it. And then, you know, if people want to buy the book, then they can do that. And it's uh, I think that's the better way forward, you know, just like me and Doug have this podcast. It's, we don't charge people to pay this. And if anybody hears some shit that we say, and then they reiterate that, that's great. You know, it, it's, it really comes down to just 
we want more people to know about Bitcoin because we we like Bitcoin and it's good. And if you come up with a good thought about it, then you share it and hopefully other people will share it and it'll just uh, spread and you will help more people. You know, I think I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, OK, so that's great. But let me ask you a question, Jeff. OK, Is, does that just apply to Bitcoin products or to intellectual property overall? For for my personal belief, yeah. I think everything. I think anything that you think so, of, you should share, and then people should be able to make something with it. So, so why is it that if I make a physical item, like a chair, I can charge for that and you wouldn't have a problem with that? But if I come up with an idea that's unique and I write it down, like let's say a novel, I write you know a piece of fiction or something, why is that suddenly something that I should have to give away in your mind? I don't understand that logic. I think, okay, so use the chair example as an idea, right? So somebody thought of a chair, right? Yeah. And they make a chair, okay? Chair number one is made. I see that chair, I say, ooh, I'm going to make a better chair. And I make a chair that's different. And then the free and open market can decide, hey, there's two chairs. I didn't even know what a chair was a day ago. And now there's two that I get to choose from. And the one that's better will win and the one that's better is the one that had more thought go into it so if you create the chair if you're the first guy and you made a better chair then the people will buy that chair because it's better and if you're the second guy that saw the chair and then improved on it then the people will buy that chair and yeah, then but you it's... both have to no but see there's a difference there you both actually have to produce a chair mm -hmm. okay so that's fine but if i write a novel and then somebody takes my novel and puts their name on it. They didn't have to write anything. They just took my inf they just took my intellectual property and sold it as their own. Okay, so yeah, what you're describing is the difference between and I kind of made a joke about this earlier. That's the difference between just straight up plagiarizing and then stealing intellectual property, right? If you if you take words that people somebody put in order, like if we straight up took 99 signs, you might be a Bitcoin maximalist and then just put all the words exactly the same way, all the pictures the exactly same way, and then slapped right. Jeff and Doug wrote this book on it. Yeah. Then, then, then we put it on the market. Well, two things happen. One, some people will see it and say, <laughs> okay, I got a good example here. Some people will see it and say, <clears throat> oh, Jeff and Doug wrote a new book. That's great. And other people will say, oh, Jeff and Doug just stole that book from Chris and, and Frida. This is clearly they made it first. So I'm going to buy Chris and Frida's and Jeff and Doug are a bunch of assholes. Um, there is, huh? No, I don't want to bring that up. Yeah, say that. <laughs> well, okay, fine. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it no, up. Actually, no, but what, what, if, what if it's not us? What if, what if Elon Musk decides he's going to read this book and then he goes, oh, that's a great idea. It's mine now. What if he pulls a, a Dan Helm or Held, whatever, and this is mine, you know? Sure. Like, everybody knows Dan Held's a fucking property. idiot. It's that simple, that's right? He's it's, not very well, good at covering his tracks, but intellectual property has been the driving force in the human race for hundreds of years. Like that's how we better ourselves. It's this idea of I'm going to put time and energy and research into doing something that no one else has thought of. Why should somebody else just be able to come along and just take it? I don't get that. That seems um, really weird to me. The idea of the idea of an idea. The idea is that ideas should be free and open if you want the idea to be the best it can be. Just like uh, Chris said, you know, Satoshi made Bitcoin and then he said, here, you guys have it. Is it good the way it is? Do you want to improve on it? Do you want to change it? What's the best version of this? Right. Without without Satoshi saying, here's my I, 
here's my experiment, share it with the world, then we wouldn't have had it. And then people have the option to go and make 20,000 fucking other shit coins and everybody can say which one's the good one, this one or that one. There's a fucking coin called Satoshi's Vision, for fuck's sakes. It's like, uh, yeah, if you really want to go with quote-unquote Satoshi's Vision, go take that coin. It's still shit. What's really good, what's real is Bitcoin. And that's because people get to choose what what the best idea is right it just it happens naturally through people making what is best for the for them we choose bitcoin me you chris frieda we choose bitcoin because it is the best thing for us to use we've decided that through everything every other form of money bitcoin is the best choice just like if there was two chairs sitting in front of me one of them has one leg and one of them has four legs we're going to choose the chair with four legs because it's going to stand up right but again first of all satoshi made a choice right to give it away that's fine he could have chosen another option he just didn't no so that is what it is but again the idea of a physical product at least i still have to go out and buy the wood and i have Mm -hmm. to buy the equipment to make the chair right but an idea like a book an idea like a song should songs just be for you know for everybody all the time for free why would i bother making a song songs are for free for everybody all the time not until how do you figure a, that yeah. how do you figure that you can download and you've never any, been in a band ever once have you you can download any come on man you can download any song in the world right now at the click of a fucking like a button what are you talking about songs are free you buy albums you buy fucking merch because you appreciate the band you buy it because you want to support them just like if chris and free to put all the pages of their book up on on Twitter so that everybody could see every single page. People would see it, like it, share it, love it, say, laugh at it. And then certain people would say, I'm going to support the people that created this. I'm going to buy the book because I want to have it sitting in my home. And then Chris and Frieda get to say, okay, well that costs money because we have to buy the pages. We have to get it printed. We have to do, you know, all, all the things that actually goes into the cost. We have to put the time in their time and effort. Like, Hours of your life is energy spent creating the physical book. And people that want to support that are there to support that. That's where the value is. It's not in the idea. It absolutely is in the idea. How do you figure that? Chris, Frida, feel free to jump in and... and, Anytime, because we'll, well, I, I, I think, I think it's, we, I think traditionally speaking, it is in the idea it is, it is still in the idea, but the way the market just kind of shifted is that free content is where people uh, cling to, right? So even like Seyfedin with the Bitcoin standard and the fiat standard, you can download those books for free online if you want to, but everybody wants to have a hard copy in their home. So it is something that he puts out for free and you know, you can get it. And so the world could really go and educate themselves just online if they wanted to for free, but he, you know, most of sure. people choose to to buy the hard copy. And so I do agree that, you know, there's intellectual property as in, you know, you make a choice as the author to put it out for free. Like I would hate for somebody to like get our book, like copy every page and then like put out, you know, the the free content without our, our you know, decision making behind it. Um, but it is something obviously that the book, the hard copy book would have never been created without the thought process behind it and without the intellectual work behind it. Right. Um, but it is, it's, I think it's the times are changing. If you're not fast, if you're not online and detectable, and if you're not free, the attention span of people is getting smaller and smaller, sadly. 
And that's why memes work, right? That's why memes work in the Twitter space today, because people have just like, they, they grasp onto a picture and maybe understand the broader concept behind it. And then maybe they dig a little bit more. It's a little bit scary to me, like how short attention, attention spans are now, spans are nowadays, but like, I mean, people don't read articles anymore, full-blown articles I mean, online. Let's let's take Saifedean's book. I mean, I don't know what the finances are behind that, and I don't know how much of a livable wage he makes off the purchasing or people buying of the Bitcoin standard and the fiat standard. But you know, he's he's moved to- more towards a digital platform and, and giving away the book, um, and kind of like what you were saying, Jeff. Where if you appreciate the book and you appreciate what he's doing, then you want to buy a book because you want to support what they're doing and you want to be able to share it more easily than having to go online and find a web page and kind of direct things that way. And so like content, like books become a little bit, I don't know, I think more like a calling card in a sense where people can get kind of a sense of who the writers are behind it and then have deeper, broader conversations with the writers to learn more about the subjects that they're writing about, whether that be through presentations or it be through, um, you know, uh, Bitcoin conference and being on panels and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the sponsorship money and, and everything that, that comes along with it um, in the book realm. But, you know, in the digital realm, intellectual property, the, 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 the biggest, brightest, largest companies are, are really giving away the content for free. And then, you know, the dangerous part is then you become the product, right? Because they're giving you uh access to their platform and then they can just show whatever marketing propaganda that they want to you and charge other people to spread messages within those platforms and then to get you to make broader buying decisions in the normal world whether it be for a product or a service or a political uh narrative or structure see and i think that's exactly kind of where i i head with this chris i think you've hit it right Mm -hmm. on the head in the sense that this idea that everything should be free is one of the most fiat concepts I think we've we've been comfortable with as Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. It's always bothered me, this idea that, yeah, you should just put stuff out for free. What are you doing? And I'm not saying you're saying that, Jeff, but like people could extrapolate what you're saying into that pretty easily. And that's bothersome to me. I always am wary of that because of things like like what Chris is saying, this idea that you become the product then. Right. And that is exactly what the fiat world has moved us into. They've realized we can't, we're devaluing all their money. So they don't have as much of it. We got to get money out of them somehow. So we'll give it to them for free. You know, just like, like any drug dealer, we'll give it to them for free. But, and they don't even know we're using them. And that, yeah. that to me is such a, it's, 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 and, and so guys like Safedean, guys like Tomer, they're making a calculated decision in marketing to give it away for free because their ideas are valuable. They're very mm-hmm. valuable and they should be compensated for them in my opinion. And, and you want to make it voluntary. That's fine. I think it should be voluntary for the, I don't think the expectation should be, you should give it away for free. I think that expectation is a wrongheaded expectation in mm-hmm. my opinion. So I think, I think you have to bring it down to what in for, it comes back to what enforces the intellectual property as it were to staying um, as somebody's possession. And it gets into what, what property really means. So 
in this example, you know, Chris and Frida put a, you guys put the letter saying, please don't share the pages of the book. And I chose to respect that, but I very easily could have also just been like, ha fuck you guys. I'm going to post every page. Like I could have done that and nothing would have stopped me. And then you would have had to go to court and say, this guy fucking took our book and he posted it online and we want to sue him for the hundred million dollars because he just, you know, but nothing stopping me from doing that. And then if you think of it from, okay, so who's enforcing this, you need a centralized power to say, no, you're not allowed to do that. And yes, you are allowed to do that. And this is my question for you, Doug, and also Chris and, uh, and Frida, Doug and I have been, uh, diving more into, a little bit more of the spirituality. I've, I've started looking into the Bible a little bit more and there's a story that comes to mind. Um, are you guys Christian? And you, I guess you don't have to, we can edit this out too, if you don't want to talk about that. No, we are. No, we are. Okay. Okay. So the, the story I'm thinking of, I'm curious where you guys stand on this. Uh, one, of, one of the first books I read was of King Solomon and two women come to him with a baby. And one, one woman is saying, this is my baby. And the other woman is saying, no, this is my baby. And they're fighting over the baby. And King Solomon says, cut the baby in half and give each woman one half of the child. And then it will all be fair. And what happens is the woman that actually is the mother says, please don't cut my child in half. Give it to the other woman. So what matters more is the idea that what she had created gets to live on in the world. And I know this is kind of an extreme. Maybe you guys think I'm fucking way out there with this um, analogy. But what matters more is that that thing gets to live on to, to that mother. <laughs> I shouldn't call it a child a thing. But but what, what matters more is that her baby gets to live on. And so you, you take that and you kind of narrow it down and squish it a bit. And then it's the same thing with an idea. Like, okay, rather than having my idea die, I'd rather it be out in the world. So if it means that the other mother gets to to say it's her child, at least it's there. So if you truly believe in your book, and I know this is kind of an insane analogy, but if you truly believe in your book and the messaging that you're putting out, then it shouldn't matter to you whether or not people know that it's yours or that somebody else stole it and it's still out in the world. Am I insane? Am I insane? Yes, yes, 100%. Because first of all... First of all, you missed the point of the parable, right? The parable of Solomon is that evil essentially will out itself through its through its lack of compassion. Okay, that was the whole point of the story of Solomon is that I will be able to figure out who the real mother is based on the fact that the not mother will out herself as an as not the mother, right? Second of all, take what you just said, okay, and put it into your own work, your job. You go to work and you work an eight hour day doing construction. Now, what happens if some dude walks in at the end of the day and says, I'm Jeff and I did all that work and the boss hands him your money? Are you going to be okay with that? Because that's well, what you're saying is, is that somehow your labor is, is valuable because you physically did it. But that somebody who writes a book, that's not labor. That's somehow everybody is just, everybody should just have that. Yeah, I and guess that's the part. Go ahead. I'm thinking about, I agree what you're saying. And I think it has to do a lot with the like second order effects, right? Like if I were to build a house and someone were to pay me money for the house that I built and I made a profit on that because I built the house, it was my idea. And there's always, you know, you build it for one price, you sell it for another price, you keep the difference, you build another house. But now if that, if the owner of that house then goes and sells the house again, the architect, me, I don't expect to get any extra money back from the house being sold again, right? 
So because I've already put it out there, the idea is no longer an idea. Now it's in the physical world and it can be traded as such. Just like when a, um, a company goes public on the, on the, uh, in, in the stock market, the, when, when, they initial, when they initiate their IPO, the, the, the money that they get from the open market goes to the company to finance their operations. Once that stock has been sold to the open market, as it trades back and forth, the company doesn't get another cent of that. They only get whatever the value is based on whatever shares they hold in their bank, right? So it becomes this, this just out of control thing. It's in the world. The idea is out there. The value of it is out there and it can be traded as such. And the, the original owner of it no longer has ownership right to that particular piece of it. Yeah, that's see, that's what I was going to say. Cause like, for example, you know, I put up railing on a deck today. So, uh, I was following you as much as you were talking there, Doug is saying, okay, I put in all the labor, I put in all the work. Now there's a, now there's a railing on the deck. People are going to use that so that they don't fall off the deck. That's great. And I'm going to make sure I get paid for my labor because I did the work and there's the work. But once that house, yeah, like Chris said, once that house gets sold and somebody else buys the house, nobody's going to know that I put that railing up and it doesn't matter what matters is that the railing is there no again but that is something you entered into at the beginning knowing that okay a better a better uh analogy would be this idea if you built an apartment complex okay you built an apartment complex and then somebody rents one of the apartments from you right and then that person leaves and then another person rents the apartment complex from you that's the deal you set up that's the way it was set up nobody should be able to come in and say you built this apartment complex but now we're going to take half of the units and we're going to take the money from them we'll rent them out and we're gonna like you just don't get that anymore that's what you're suggesting when you say intellectual property is shouldn't be a thing because and i don't see a difference i think that if somebody like especially when we're talking about like fictional works when you're talking about movie writing when you're talking about uh songwriting Okay, that comes from something that no one else can ever create. That's what makes makes art beautiful. I think art is a wonderful thing and it should be rewarded. And I think there's bad art and there's good art. And I don't think that government should be involved with it. I'm not suggesting that they should be subsidized because for the sake of art, what I'm saying is, though, is somebody put in a lot of effort, like writing a novel takes a lot of work it isn't something that just pops into someone's head and then it shows up on the page and it, you know whatever it's it's a craft just like woodworking is a craft or leatherworking or anything else and this idea that somehow because somebody had an idea that they wrote down on a page that makes it everybody's property magically it doesn't make any sense to me it just really it doesn't it's that I think I think I feel like you're getting I feel like you're getting plagiarism and intellectual property uh, mix matched here because what you're suggesting is you know somebody wrote a book and then somebody just straight up put their their name on it and then they're selling that book as is. What I'm what I'm saying is that if somebody writes a book, it's going to go out to the public. People are going to know that somebody wrote it and then they're going to attribute that to the author that wrote it. And it'll just, it'll be known because, you know, the original author put it out first. And if somebody plagiarizes it, that's fine, but it'll just be discounted. Just like you said, yeah, with the, with the Solomon example, you know, evil will out itself to say, ah, I made this. No, you didn't. Like, I just, I know you didn't, you know? people right. will be able to understand but you obviously i mean 
Yes, that yeah, is kind of to, what I'm saying. It, it comes Go down ahead. to proof, right? Like this is a big part in the bring it back to the Bitcoin conversation is, you know, proof of work is the most important part of the protocol. And it provides all the security and all of the you know validity of the, of the of the blockchain. And so, you know, we could use Craig Wright as a great example, who says that, you know, he is Satoshi Nakamoto. But when it asked for proof, he cannot he can't verify. Right. So if yeah, the book is out there and we hope people enjoy the book. We hope people buy the book. You know, uh, we hope they it, it, it inspires them in their life and they see value in it and they want to um you know provide value back to us you know that, that would be great mm -hmm. um, that's that's the point but if it helps somebody who um reads the book who they didn't buy the book they were at a party they were in the bathroom and they picked up the book and they read the book and, it, and you know it, it it benefited them and they went out and they started buying bitcoin and they started orange pilling other people and um, you know, more people started opening up wallets and started buying more Bitcoin and which reduces the supply, which increases the demand, which number go up technology, all that other kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's all a wash, right? It's all, it all comes down to vanity at the end of the day. You know, do you, is your life only worth what other people say about you? Or is it worth what, you know, you know that you've done positive to put out into the world? And so that. That that's a big piece of the puzzle here, um, and everything else is just kind of semantics. Yeah, man, I like how you said that. How do you, how do you value your own life? Does does it matter what other people think of you, or does it matter what you think of yourself? And are you proud of what you've done? I I, I agree with that. Let, let's lighten it. Okay, can we lighten it up for a little bit? Because we haven't got Please. to the we, we <laughs> haven't got to the the part where Doug says some of his favorite pages from the book. And Doug, I know you have a list of them, so why don't do we do we want to put a cap on that conversation or is there anything else you wanted to say there well here's we'll what come I back to, to no, it I'll, for sure I'll, I'll, we'll we'll hit it again with a different set of guests and we'll make them just as uncomfortable <laughs> and um so i'm gonna here's what i want to do i don't want to i don't want to give away their intellectual property because i think it's a really excellent book and i actually really enjoyed this one and uh so here's what i want to do i'm going to list off the numbers that i thought were really applicable to me and kind of really important and oddly enough they all mostly ended in eight so i loved number 58 because nice. that's happened to me more than once i loved hold on 68 because i cannot not do that it's very frustrating uh i like 69 not just for the number but also because uh, i do that all the time do you get that little comment down there? A lot of people don't read the little bulletin down there. That uh... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, number 88, and I'm, I'm just skipping to these while I'm so I can know what I'm talking about. Uh, yep, I do number 88 because, as a matter of fact, I cashed out my 401k. So, you know. We did as well. Uh, we also agree yeah. with 88. And then uh, uh, the last one, I mean, there's a couple other ones here, but these were the ones that I really, really liked was number 98. And I'm going to read this one out loud because this one I see on Twitter all the time and it drives me nuts. It here just goes, giving out the intellectual property for free. Yeah, here, I go. here I go. Can I have your permission? There you go. Uh, see how that works, Jeff? It's free. You have my permission. That's explicitly number given 
Sign number 98. You never tell people how much Bitcoin you have. That to me is, and this is the sin I think that so many, I mean, I, I legitimately, I see people doing that all the time. Oh yeah, I just became a half coiner. And it's like, you're not a Bitcoin maximalist, are you? Like, you just don't get it, bro. Like, you just don't tell people. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe, uh, whatever, but like, I mean, hell, my wife doesn't even know how much we have. Not because I'm keeping it from her, just because she doesn't pay attention. But, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. I, I think just, there's, I can't. I think there's a lot of reasons to not tell how much Bitcoin you have. The, the list of reasons why not to tell people that is, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why not to. So I definitely back that, uh, that idea as well. That was probably my favorite. Well, that was the one that I definitely felt. And again, because it struck me as, because I'm seeing it a lot more lately for some reason in Bitcoin Twitter, where people are like, yeah, I just stacked a hundred million. Like, like even with the stack chain, you know, that even kind of bothered oh, here me. Here we regard. go. Here we go. No, and I'm just saying, it's like, I, I don't, you know, I don't think I would, I, it was just, it was just one of those things that kept me off of doing the stack chain is I just didn't want people to know what I was doing. You know, like it's none of your business. So no, that, that's why we have sign. That's why we have sign 53. Sign 53. Should I'm be flipping. I'm luck. flipping. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You've logged. Oh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I love the picture of Sailor too. It's great. It's so perfect. That's not Sailor. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. There's no likeness there. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I made Frida. She she drew it the first time, and I was like, no, those sunglasses are wrong. It has to be <laughs> like these specific type of sunglasses that are always on that little meme, like life sunglasses, sunglasses. the joint that comes in. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The thug life sunglasses that's yeah. awesome that's awesome yep. so those are those are those are my what were they like my top five top six that i really enjoyed right so on. uh and also i think uh i'm actually not a maximalist according to you guys uh i did the math on it and uh i only scored a 63 out of 99 that's pretty good so, that would make sense so. given you still believe in intellectual property <laughs> <laughs> no actually some of the stuff was like the uh like the financial guys you know like oh uh, yeah setting up your your financial guys wallet or whatever and it's like i don't have a financial guy that, that's, that's kind of that was thing. that was one of my critiques as well i was like nobody's gonna have an accountant or a financial manager you got to get rid of them that was yeah. one. That was i one like of that critiques. one of my all-time favorites is actually 65 i uh 65. i still read that one and laugh every time Yep. <laughs> uh, this one, I laughed out loud. I was going to bring this one up. I had this one with yeah, a star it. on it. Yeah. It says, uh, you've interrupted a conversation to talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> the bottom. That's so great. You're getting married. Yeah. I was hoping you'd be my best man. Uh, hey, guys, you should really check out Bitcoin. Could be the most important decision of your life. <laughs> and I think I've definitely done that, too. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Have you heard of Bitcoin? What, what do you, nothing else matters. You don't get it. <laughs> Like, no no filter jeff yep that's right just it's important in. it's important man it's important share bitcoin sean harris's favorite one was signed 39 let's check out 39 hopefully anybody that's listening to this at this point has the book and they're flipping through with us here <laughs> page 39 oh yes this is classic i'll read it out as well you share way too many youtube videos on bitcoin let's do this hold on check out this video first oh so a guy good. and a girl on a, on a bed yeah yeah uh... yeah the chicks in her underwear so frida did you draw these 
Frida did draw all these. Yeah, she's uh, she had to step out for a second. Um, oh, okay. Our home, but yeah, she drew all the pictures. Okay, great all job. Right. Great job. I kept asking her, I was like, "How did you do all these without making any mistakes?" And she's like, "Oh, there's mistakes all over the place in these pictures." I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> like, especially on uh, sign eleven, I was like, "How did you do that? That's amazing." I love it too. I love the I love the cartoony aspect to it. It's so great. It's so perfect. Yeah. Especially for somebody that's coming in that doesn't know anything about Bitcoin. It's just like it reads so good. It, like you could see these in a like old timey, I guess this is a throwback, like a new newspaper cartoon section, you know? Like it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why I think it's gonna be kind of like a like a cult following thing as more and more people become you know, more and more Bitcoin maximalists, they'll learn about this book and they'll check it out and hopefully they'll laugh a lot. Absolutely. I, th I think people are going to laugh a lot. I think definitely if you're listening to this show, uh, you should go check it out. We'll, Doug will have links and things to all the places people can go to purchase it. Uh, you guys, yeah, you've created a, a website that's easy to go to. Why don't you share that now with us, Chris? Yeah, we have a couple different websites you can go to. You can either go to uh, Bitcoin for maxis.com um, or you can go to uh, btcpublish.com and that'll take you to uh, both of our books right on and btc publish that's who's doing like a lot of the bitcoin books is that right I've, I've seen uh, that no that's that's just our um our company name oh okay okay that's cool do you guys here here's yeah, a some point, there will be lots of books absolutely well that that, that was going to be my one last question is you know you have two now so do, do you have anything and the works for, I guess it's not a trilogy, but uh, do you guys have plans on creating more books now? Is this something you think is going to be an ongoing thing for you guys? Yeah, we actually have two two more books that are written oh. um, that we still have oh. to illustrate. But um, this last year, Frida took a, a new position working for a Bitcoin-only company, CoinBits. Um, and so she's been doing that a lot lately, which has taken up a lot of her time, which is which is fine. Uh, because it's what, what, what CoinBits is doing in the, in the Bitcoin space is amazing. And uh, next year is going to be really, really big things from what I understand on uh, what they're going to be some, some of the updates to the platform. Right on, man. That's good news. Congratulations to her working at a Bitcoin company. That's the dream. That's another one that of the signs. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, question for you guys. Have you... Have you gone to the uh, the, the Bitcoin uh, job uh, forms and oh, looked yeah. at different jobs? I go to that has, thing bi-weekly, man. Has there been anything where you're like, oh, yeah, I, I fit this role in this position? No, that's what I keep looking no. for. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I'll find somebody like, I'm. you know, I, I wasted my early life not learning any good skills but I can build stuff. So I'm like waiting for maybe some minor developments to happen where people are trying to build facilities and maybe I can get in on, on the ground floor of just building facilities or so, something along those lines. But uh, as far as computer stuff, I, I don't know enough to, to work at a Bitcoin company that I know so far. I'd have to put in a lot more work in, in learning. I, I, there's a lot of uh, you know sales jobs or marketing jobs, um, things like that. It's a great resource, Bitcoin or jobs, but nothing that's fit my criteria yet. Doug, have you checked it out at all? I have checked it out. And yeah, I mean, I'm not 
terribly i'm not looking like i don't want to work for somebody else and mm-hmm. i don't have the the tech i i did the whole tech thing for a while i'm not interested in it it was i i'm just i don't want to be chained to a desk anymore i don't want to i don't want to do that lifestyle so yeah uh, i just i want people to just pay me for my leather and sats that's all i want i just need to find more people that'll pay in leather or pay in sats for leather that's what i'm looking for so yeah that, that's kind of what uh and that, that's a good thing to share with anybody because you know so many people come in to bitcoin and they think oh, i gotta work in bitcoin i gotta figure out what i can do here and yeah that and i i shared that theory and then i discovered i'm like no the best thing you can do is do what you're good at and then just change the money that you use into bitcoin so rather than restarting your whole life learning a new skill just do what you're doing anyways, so long as what you're doing is valuable, you know, construction, leather work, uh, whatever it is, chef, if you're plumbing. good at that, yeah, plumbing, yeah. any of the trades, right? Just continue to do that and then change your money and get paid in sats. And then that's it. I, th- I think that's a, a good way to go as well, which I think I'm going to start getting paid in Bitcoin soon too, if I can. There's nothing wrong with fiat mining. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, and, you that's know, true too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the name of the game is just be valuable, you know, and if you got to, like you said, if you got to mine fiat and convert it into Bitcoin, go do that, but just be valuable. Like that's the real mantra here. Don't. So is there a specific reason you were asking us or are you? Yeah, no, I was, I, was just, I was just curious because I know a lot of people look at, it, I look at it too. And from time to time, you know, I see something I'm like, oh, well, maybe. Um, but I never get a call back. Uh, but it's, it's such a, it's such a new industry and the positions that people are acquiring are pretty much almost made up. Like Mm -hmm. they pretty much write their own drop description and then they say, here's how I can show value to your organization. And, you know, then they get hired that way versus, uh, a company saying, Hey, I need to hire for this position here. Um, I'm not, I'm not seeing a whole lot of HR departments out there in Bitcoin yet. I'm sure there are, but in a lot of the startup companies, um, well, if you ever happen to see something on there that says something along the lines of two idiots that talk shit on a weekly basis, uh, would you let us, (laughs) oh, you guys are living the dream. I wish I had a podcast. That'd be awesome. Do it, man. More podcasts, the better. We need it. Yeah. Just take ours, yeah. copy it, and slap your name on it. It's fine. That probably should have been one of your signs as you got yourself a, uh, a podcast. It seems like every Bitcoiner has his own podcast at this well, point. There, so. there is one that says you sh- you uh, share what you learned from a Bitcoin podcast as often as possible. So that oh, yeah, was one we'll of the signs, which I, I appreciated That's that right. one. As long as the yeah. podcast was somewhere in the book, I'm, I'm happy. You guys nailed it. Thanks. Chris, man, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We had more to talk about. We'd love to have you back on again. Uh, you are, you and Frieda are, Doug, how many repeats have we had now? One, two, two three, three. You're our third well, repeat. So we appreciate you. And then wow. and Dan. Guys, and then Dan, I think yeah. is it. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, so. Frida, uh, let her know that we really appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, you know, we love talking Bitcoin. We love talking to you guys. We love your books. They're awesome. Thank you for sending them to us, by the way. I don't even think I said that. Really appreciate that. Um, any other? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a, uh, a lightning invoice, Doug, so you can pay for your book. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All day long. Yeah, there you go. No, I, I really do. I think I think uh, I really did enjoy this book a lot, actually. It was very clever. Uh, I really highly recommend it for people. I mean, if for, for nothing else, you know, just having it out there, maybe it starts that conversation with uh, 
with the uh the normies in your family you know mm-hmm. um so i i think the you know the images are really cute and stuff and i did i i actually looked at it like a homework assignment actually when i got it i was like okay i gotta i gotta sit down i'm gonna go through this thing i'm gonna pick all these apart i'm gonna see what my what my score is like that's that's uh that's i think if you do anything else on like the second printing of it you should have a score sheet at the back of it that you know we talked about that and uh we decided not to pointers were kind of competitive you know so i could kind (laughs) of see like on on meetups and stuff people bringing their copies and being like yeah let me see your score you know what i mean like (laughs) that'd be kind of cool so also (laughs) i'm going to give you a free piece of intellectual idea right now I think somehow, and I don't know how, but somehow this book could be turned into some sort of like party game. I, yeah, I could, I could yeah, that. yeah, you yeah. could turn it into something for sure. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta it could definitely become a uh, some sort of card game. You know, something similar to uh, I want to say like uh, what's that one that all the kids play with the fucking yeah, the black deck good. and the white deck, and they oh, cards against humanity up, is what you yeah, thinking. cards against humanity. That, that's that could be something. Cards against fiat so. humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending. Patent pending. We got that it. Could be Never good. mind. Never All right. Mind. Uh Chris. Yeah, what are we doing next? If you remember, I get hopefully you guys remember we did, forgot to prep them. Doug, it's time for Why Bitcoin presents your weekly price check. Oh shit. That's right. It's time for the weekly price check on the Why Bitcoin podcast. I forgot That's to shit. Uh, I just forgot to check the boosts. It's supposed to be boost reads first. Uh, Chris, you you guys listen to a lot of podcasts. There were no boost this week. I checked earlier. No boost this week. Okay. No no boost. This Fucking week. losers. Uh, Chris, do you do you listen to uh, do you listen to podcasts? And what what apps are you using to listen to your podcast now? Are you are you on Fountain? Uh, I'm not on Fountain. I usually get most of them just off the Apple Podcasts or just the YouTube videos. Have you checked out Fountain at all? and no. decided not to use it or you just haven't looked into it no i haven't really looked into it okay i'm just gonna do a little shield they don't pay us or anything but i really like fountain the reason i like fountain is while you're listening to podcasts they actually have an earn feature where you earn sats like you as the listener earn sats so every day it changes anywhere from it's like one to ten but also sometimes they'll give you 500 sats a minute um so you listen to an hour-long podcast and you can get 100 sats or 200 sats, whatever it is, just for listening, which is pretty cool. Um, another benefit to Fountain is that you can also send sats to the person you're listening to. So if you're listening to the Why Bitcoin podcast, you can say, oh, I like these guys. I'm going to send them five sats a second or five sats a minute, whatever it is. And then we'll see that right away in our, our Lightning wallet, which is really cool. It changes the, um, uh, what's the, the model, I guess, the the revenue model, as it were, for podcasts, where instead of uh, advertisers, value for value. value for value, right? So you can, if you if you appreciate what you're listening to, you can send sats directly to the creator of that if you like what they're saying. So that's just. And the a, other thing is that's kind of cool is like let's say we're on a topic that you enjoy, you can turn it on, like you can turn on uh, streaming sats at that point, and then if we get onto something you don't like, you can turn it off. You know, like it doesn't have to be for the whole episode, which is kind of interesting to 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 see that happen where people will be like, yeah, I listened to the full hour and a half. But uh, really, you guys were really interesting for this, like 30 minutes. <laughs> OK, you know, kind of cool. That helps kinda, us. It's cool feedback. It's cool. Feedback, yeah, so. absolutely. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'd consider checking it out if you haven't yet. Just uh, give it a try. Maybe 
you know, Apple podcast is nice, but it's value yeah. for value. It's the way of the future, man. I don't know. I'm going to do like, it. Right on. So yeah, consider checking it out. And if you want to, well, I'll post a link of my, <laughs> I think, I think if it, it's got the classic, uh, you know, you get a link and then if you share it with a friend, you each get a couple hundred sats or a couple thousand sats, whatever it is. So we'll have the links for that below as well. Okay. With that, now it's time for. We already did it. So oh, we already did it. Again. Okay. Yeah. We've done it once. Okay. It's why Bitcoin price check. Uh, okay. Jeff, uh, I'll, how about we switch it up a little bit. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody the scores from last week and then you can tell them how we're going to play this week. How's that work? Sure. Cool. All right. So last week, uh, Ropium was the bitch bear at 18,702. And I was the middle of the road at 19,000 even. And Jeff was the bull for like the first time all season uh, at 21,021,212. And I'm looking right now at timechainstats.com. Uh, and it's at uh, 20,499 and 65 cents. So that means Jeff, you win again. This is uh, unprecedented and I hate it and I want everything to burn. So are you, sh- are you sure you, you didn't win? Uh, I, I can do the math again. 19, what did, what was your guess? 19,500? I, I had 19,000. So I was off by oh, 1,500 oh, okay. and you were off by, what is that? 700? I am a god. Follow for my newsletter. Putting out yes, uh, so. price predictions every week. Mm-hmm. You can behind a major paywall, and if you share my newsletter with anybody, I will sue you. Okay. Um, <laughs> l- let me say the rules real quick. Maybe somebody's listening that's never uh, listened to the show before. Every week, Doug and I make a guess of what the price of one Bitcoin is going to be the following week. Um, just because we think it's fun to keep track of the the price. The price doesn't matter, but it's interesting to have a little time capsule there. Um, we keep it interesting by having a bet on whoever gets the most points at the end of our season wins a pot of sats. The pot of sats starts at a hundred thousand dollars. Whenever we have a guest on, uh, Chris, we ask that you play along with us and just make a guess for what you think the price of Bitcoin is going to be in a week. And if your guess is closer than mine or Doug's guess, we add 5,000 sats to the pot. Are you open to uh, playing a little game with us there, Chris? You got it. Sure. Right on. Uh, okay, and Doug, you already did the thing, so it's all backwards, so I guess we can just roll right into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll take 30 seconds. Uh, Chris, you've already done this, your old hand on this one. Uh, starting now. Chris, as our guest, why don't you go ahead and go first this week? Uh, I'm going to say 20,242. 242. 242. All right. And Jeff, as the winner, why don't you go next? 
I think we're going back down to get some cheap sats again next week because it's the end of the world is coming tomorrow. I wanted to talk about that, but oh well, we'll leave it alone. Uh, I think next week, one Bitcoin is going to cost you $18,987.65. All right. Thank God you were the bitch bear. Uh, I'm in the middle of the road guy this week at $19,555.55. So, Chris, I'm kind of hoping you win because, honestly, we've had quite a few guests on this season and not a single guest has picked the right answer ever So this season. So I'm getting a little nervous that, uh, you know, I don't understand what's going on. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. Good guesses all around. Chris, Frida, thanks for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it, as always. Looking forward to the next book uh please take the next two or three minutes go ahead and shill your stuff let everybody know where to find you of course it'll all be in the links down below but uh let them hear your sultry voice give it in your own words (laughs) yeah so frida and i we created uh we create children's books uh in the bitcoin space to help educate the next generation on the benefits of bitcoin and how their uh grandparents screwed up the world that they now have to live in and so uh, we have two books. One of them is called Bitcoin for Kiddos. It's the story of the world that Bitcoin was created in. It's written in rhyme. It's really good. Uh, the, the story is great. The pictures uh, have a lot of subliminal um, ideas and concepts weaved within them. Uh, and most adults and children love. And our newest book, 99 Signs You Might Be a Bitcoin Maximalist, uh, is uh, for sale now. Get it for Christmas or uh, a gift for friends and family. It uh, it's great on a on a coffee table or in a bathroom, uh, or in a car or at your next party, just to bring up ideas about Bitcoin that you can start orange pilling uh, those around you. And you can find both those books at our website, btcpublish.com, um, and follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin for Kiddos. That's Bitcoin and the number four, and then Kiddos. And that's it. Awesome. Right on, man. Thanks so much again, man. We really appreciate you guys coming on to chat. Um, anything yeah, good look. combos tonight, man. Thank you for putting up with our shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Sorry, we had we had a few other things on the list we wanted to talk about, but sometimes me and Doug end up screaming at each other. It seems to be coming more and more of that. So <laughs> we hope you we hope you're okay with that. I do always think to myself at some point, where is this conversation going to go? <laughs> so but they're, they're always interesting. You guys are, you guys are good. Uh, I don't know. It's good, good banter back and forth. It's, 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 it's definitely cool to hear you guys. You're, you're very respectful of one another and you have different ideas and uh, you're both Bitcoiners. So who cares? Right on, man. Appreciate go. that. Appreciate the feedback. All right, guys. Uh, Doug, wait, who's taking us out? Me or you? You won, dude. You won, I won again. again. I think I, I don't even think I could win this season anymore. I think you've won so much. I think uh, it's out of my reach now. We, we can bend the rules a little bit. We've bent the rules for me before. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, oh, shit. We should chill ourselves. If you want to find me, I'm at YBitcoinJ. Doug, you are? I'm uh, at YBitcoin underscore, although I have reached out to Elon 
to see if I can get Bearded Hoddle back. So, you should be able to, man. They're all, they're all coming. A flood of accounts are coming back. I would love it. I would love it. I'm going to be so mean and toxic if I get my account back. I swear to God. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for everybody. Uh, you can also find us, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or complaints, email us at askwhybitcoin at gmail.com. Uh, with that, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. And hey, as uh, just always remember... If ever you're just standing outside and you're thinking, what is intellectual property? Why not ask, why is intellectual property? (laughs) Gotcha. Cut.